heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hello, this is Father Michael Sparrow from the Bellarmine Jesuit Retreat House, and I'm delighted to be able to be your host for our program today on Healing the Whole Person. Today I want to talk about the healing power of the rosary and specifically about uh, the most recent addition to the rosary, the luminous mysteries that Pope John Paul II uh, instituted. Uh, due to technical difficulties, we can't accept uh, live uh, phone calls today, but if you'd like to call and leave a message with a question or a prayer request, uh, we do have the capacity to be able to receive those. That number again is 224-585-9734. 224-585-9734. Well, you may remember that it was in October 2002 that Pope John Paul, in his apostolic letter, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, or uh, the Rosary of the Virgin Mary, recommended an additional set of mysteries to the Rosary. Now, this was very significant because he was breaking with a strong tradition that had been in place for hundreds of years in instituting these new mysteries. The five set of mysteries, which you're uh, probably familiar with, are the baptism of our Lord, the wedding feast of Cana, the proclamation of the kingdom, the transfiguration of our Lord, and the gift of the Eucharist. Uh, traditionally, the, uh, Pope John Paul recommended that the luminous mysteries of the rosaries be prayed on Thursdays, so it's appropriate that we be talking about that today. They, uh, 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 Pope John Paul uh, recognized that there was something missing in the contemplation of the life of Christ. What's beautiful about the rosary, it's a prayer that's simultaneously addressed to the Father, through the Our Father, to the entire Trinity, to the Glory Be, to the Blessed Mother, uh, through the Hail Marys, but then uh, two, it's a meditation on the life of Christ with the joyful mysteries, the Annunciation, the Visitation, the Nativity, the Presentation, and the Finding of the Temple, which is where that mystery leaves off. And then we jump to the sorrowful mysteries, the Agony in the Garden, the Scourging of the Pillar, and so on. What's missing there, and Pope John Paul recognized this, is a meditation on the public life of Christ. So in instituting the luminous mysteries, he centered that our praying the rosary even more directly on the life of Jesus with the gift of these luminous mysteries in October of 2002. When Pope John Paul was uh, writing his apostolic letter, 
he wrote that we're going, basically, that we're going through a crisis with the rosary right now. It's seen by many as a boring prayer form, and it's criticized by some theologians as being simplistic or naive. Well, Pope John Paul didn't hesitate in saying that the rosary was his favorite prayer form. And, of course, we remember that he had dedicated his papacy from day one to Our Lady's intercession with his papal motto, totus tuus, totally yours, placing himself totally in Our Lady's hands. And so he wrote this uh, apostolic letter as a way of encouraging us to rediscover the gift of the rosary. And certainly Pope Benedict and Pope Francis, Pope Francis have only echoed in their own writings and in their own practice uh, the importance of coming to Jesus through Mary. And so in the context of today's program of healing the whole person, I want to encourage you as a powerful form of healing prayer to pray the rosary. Uh, I'm just completing uh, my own eight-day retreat. Uh, I'm speaking to you from Cincinnati right now and our sister retreat house here at the Jesuit Spiritual Center at Melford. And I was talking to uh, uh, one of the fellow retreatants before the retreat began, uh, a woman, and she said that she was raised Catholic and have drifted away from the church and had essentially become a, a Buddhist and was practicing Eastern, form of, Eastern forms of prayer. And she said that those were good and they were helpful in their own way, but a, a friend of hers encouraged her to start praying the rosary. Um, and she saw the connection between a simple repetitive prayer that's synced with a meditation on the life of Christ as a, a helpful form of meditation. And she began with no intention of... of uh, rejoining the Catholic Church, but simply finding this uh, uh, a nice supplement to her Buddhist meditation. And she started praying the rosary regularly, found it very peaceful and consoling. And before she knew it, she found her love and uh, love for Jesus increasing and her desire to reconnect to the Catholic Church and the power of its sacraments. And she's now a, a very devout Catholic. That was part of the healing of her own anger at some of the shortcomings of the Catholic Church. She came to a much more compassionate understanding of the gift, uh, of the gift that is ours through the rosary. The word rosary, you may or may not know, comes from the Latin word rosario, which literally means garden of roses. That name was first attached to this perform in the 13th century, where there was a tradition of nobles crowning their beloved with garlands of roses. And so we might think of the rosary as this gift of roses being given to Our Lady to bring our prayers to Jesus. 
the rosary uh, grew in popularity in the, in the 13th century, as I said, where it was first named. And St. Dominic and the Dominicans uh, have a lot to do with the growth and the popularity of the rosary. Again, when the church was under attack from the Albigensian heresy that denied essentially the divinity of Jesus, Dominic and the early Dominicans and later uh, Thomas Aquinas encouraged the faithful to pray this very simple prayer form of the, of the rosary as a way of combating uh, the heresy. And it was tremendously, tremendously effective. In his uh, uh, apostolic letter, Pope John Paul said that it would be difficult to name all of the saints who have uh, spoken about the power of Marian devotion and the gift of the rosary in their, in their own prayer. Uh, certainly St. Francis de Sales would be, in the 16th century, would be an outstanding example, and one that had tremendous significance for Pope John Paul when he was a young priest was St. Louis de Montfort, who recommended a total consecration to Our Lady. Uh, as a young priest, Pope John Paul uh, prayed that total consecration to Mary, and it revolutionized his life. Uh, that total consecration of Mary, of, of placing himself totally in her hands and asking her to bring uh, him to closer to Jesus. A little bit later in the 18th century, we have uh, the patron saint of diocesan priests, St. John Vianney. Uh, and within our own time, of the 20th, 20th century, uh, St. Padre Pio, and, of course, uh, Pope John Paul has now been canonized as St. John Paul. Uh, Padre Pio died in 1968. Uh, he was, you know, a stigmatist. Uh, he was a, a, a great mystic, uh, a, a great spiritual director. Uh, and Padre Pio said that the rosary was his weapon for combating evil. The rosary was his weapon for combating evil. I was reminded recently that uh, uh, one of the exorcists, the, actually the president emeritus of the uh, International Association of Exorcists, Father Gabriel Amorth, uh, was speaking to a colleague of his who was going through an exorcism. And that colleague heard the devil say that every Hail Mary is like a blow on my head. If Christians knew how powerful the rosary w was, it would be my end. <laughs> That's the devil saying, let's keep the rosary a secret because I don't want uh, Catholics or Christians uh, praying the rosary. It's just too powerful. Uh, right after, uh, toward the end of uh, World War I, uh, Our Lady appeared to the children at Fatima in 1917. You know, we're, we're, we're just a year away uh, this October from the 100th anniversary of, of uh, Our Lady's appearance to the, to the children at, at Fatima. Um, and there, uh, Our Lady encouraged uh, the children to pray the rosary, saying, I am the lady of the rosary. I have come to warn the faithful to amend their lives and to ask pardon for their sins. And then she gave us the, the Fatima prayer, uh, which is prayed at the end of each of the, each of the decades. 
in this brief synopsis, uh, I, I want to encourage you to um, tune in on Saturday nights at 9 o'clock starting uh, in two weeks. And then again on Sunday morning, I'll be doing a six-part series on the Luminous Mysteries of the Rosary right here on WSFI. It'll be a full half-hour program spread out over six weeks, the same program repeated Saturday night at 9 o'clock and then again on Sunday morning, uh, where I'll be going, I'll I'll go through this overview in in greater detail and then having, dedicating an entire program to each of the five luminous mysteries. In in the rosary, uh, in his apostolic discourse, Pope John Paul recommended that we pray the rosary in a more contemplative fashion. Sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that simply more prayers are better. Or the faster we we pray the prayer, the more we can get in, and that's more pleasing to God. Well, that's exactly, exactly what Jesus warned us against. He said, when you pray, don't think that it's by multiplying words that we're going to win a hearing from our Heavenly Father. It's It's praying with our heart. That's what's important. And so, very specifically, Pope John Paul warned us against racing ahead and trying to get in more words. He said, pray it in a more contemplative fashion. He said, allow periods of silence in the rosary so that we don't have to simply fill up the entire time with, with words. Allow some time to meditate on what it is that we're praying about that we tie the rosary specifically into uh, the uh, scripture, to meditate on the scriptures of all of the mysteries of the rosary um, have some scriptural foundation. Uh, One very powerful way of praying the rosary is through a scriptural rosary of alternating short verses of scripture between every one of the Hail Marys. Or to uh, think very explicitly, what's the scriptural uh, foundation for this mystery? St. Ignatius Loyola and Pope John Paul encourages us in this regard to uh, use our imaginations as we're praying or to use some icons. These are all ways that we can picture the mystery. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back. We have some prayer requests. And I'll continue on our meditation. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. 
Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. This is Ann Meyer, past president of the National Family Partnership. I am speaking today for WSFI. It's a wonderful station, and you can catch prayers and talks and information anytime. It's wonderful to hop in the car and be able to turn on that radio and get good Catholic information. So if any of you enjoy and appreciate this, please send your donation, and don't forget to pray for them. We need prayers for the success of this station because we know how important it is. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciate it. Well, welcome back. This is Father Michael Sparrow from the Bellarmine Jesuit Retreat House, uh, and you're listening to Healing the Whole Person. Today's program is uh, all about the mysteries of the rosary, the healing power of the rosary, and in particular, I've been focusing on the luminous mysteries of the rosary. Uh, I believe on the line with me is Joan McHugh. Are you here, Hello, Joan? Hello, Father. Listening intently. Beautiful, Great. Great. beautiful message. Good. Well, we do have some prayer requests that have come in via email and also through uh, text. Joan, would you tell us about those prayer requests? Sure, Father, and I would like to say to our listeners to take write this down or, or re- try to remember it. The uh, email f- for these prayer requests is prayers at wsficatholicradio.org. We got an email from Christopher who asked to please pray for he and his family as he's journeying into the church. He's been facing many spiritual attacks and various difficulties along the way. Good. And Joan, why don't you uh, give us all of those oh, okay. requests, all and right. then we'll, we'll include those, because okay. uh, I, I know there are several. Okay, there's another from Mele, an email. She says she asked for prayers for her uncle, Ricardo, who died July 5th. Please pray for him. And then we have several texts, Father. One text is for health for Maria. Please deliver her from illness and pain. Another text is for a man, it's either Kurt or Carl, with blood cancer. And then there's a longer text for about from Anna, who is in her mid-20s, has not returned to work unexpectedly, and her employer fears something has happened to her, giving her given her rocky home life. And also her grandmother is praying for her two grandchildren who are unbaptized. And those, those are it so far. Yes. And um, 
Uh, Joan, you had mentioned uh, prior to the show that you wanted to include a, a prayer for your own husband. I do, because today in particular, he he has um, some dementia and he has immobility, and the combination, I think, has him totally frustrated and unhappy, and he's he's almost paralyzed. So I just pray for, for him in whatever way God could help him. Yes. Well, let's lift up a prayer right at this point for all of these important intentions. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord, we praise you and we bless you. We thank you for your grace at work in our life that can do so much more than we ask or imagine. And today in particular, Lord, we, we thank you for, for sending the Blessed Mother Mary into this world. We thank you that indeed she is the second Eve, that she was conceived without sin, and that she said yes to bringing Jesus, your only begotten Son, into this world. We bring our prayers to Jesus through the heart of our Mother Mary, because she is uh, the best of the human race, uh, fully human, not divine, fully human, like us in all things, but in sin. And so we pray for Christopher and for his family as they journey into the church. We pray for Melly and for her uncle Ricardo, that he may rest in peace. We pray for Maria's health, we pray for Kurt or Carl and for healing from his blood cancer. We pray for Anna's safety, that she may return to work. And for the two unbaptized children in their family, that they may receive the healing power of the sacrament. We pray for Joan's husband, Tom, as he struggles with uh, dementia and memory loss and the discouragement that comes with these diseases. And for all those who are listening to this program and those unnamed requests, Mother, we place them at your feet and we ask you to bring them to your son Jesus, that our prayers may be united with your prayer, that you would magnify the power of our prayer, just as God has uh, chosen to use you as an instrument of grace and healing and protection. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Our Lady, health of the sick, pray for us. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes our Protestant brothers and sisters uh, criticize Catholics for praying a rosary of saying it's it's worshiping Mary. Uh, but let's spend just a few moments reflecting on what the Hail Mary is. It's divided, of course, into two parts, and the first part of the Hail Mary is in two parts, and it's, of course, scriptural. Uh, it's Luke chapter 1, verse 28, the greeting of the angel Gabriel to, a Mary, to Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. 
And then the second half of the first part of the prayer is Luke chapter 1, verse 42, which is Elizabeth's greeting to Mary. So, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And then Elizabeth's word, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Even Martin Luther, the uh, arguably the founder of the Protestant Reformation, had no trouble in praying the first half of the Hail Mary because it's simply uh, echoing scripture. So there's, uh, I don't think there's any uh, way that uh, we can argue that that's not a good thing to do. It's just re reciting those verses of the Bible that first came through the angel Gabriel and then through Elizabeth to Mary. It's the second half of the prayer that is perhaps more controversial. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Let me just mention that St. Jerome, the great biblical scholar in the 4th century, was the one who saw the parallel between those two texts. And when he translated the Latin, uh, translated the Bible in, into Latin as a way of making it more accessible throughout the world, he translated those texts in a way that the parallelism became obvious so that they would naturally be joined together in a Hail Mary. In the second half, of the prayer, the Holy Mary, Mother of God prayer, there was discovered in the 12th century a Greek text that was on a fragment of papyrus that dates from the 3rd century. Let me say that again. <laughs> they discovered in the 12th century a Greek text that was a fragment of papyrus that was estimated to date from the 12th century, that's the 200s. And, it, and the prayer was, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Very, very close to what we pray in the second half of the, of the Hail Mary. So to argue that this is some uh, medieval accretion that crept into our, our prayer is simply not historically accurate. Uh, praying to, to Mary... Uh, through her intercession uh, dates at least from the 3rd century. And of course, in the 4th century, that phrase, Mother of God, that's where that came into our lexicon through uh, the church councils that in debating whether Jesus was fully God and fully human, they defined Mary as Theotokos, the mother of God, as a way of protecting that Jesus was fully God and fully human. Because one of the heresies they were combating was that Jesus was fully God, but he wasn't fully human, or that he was fully human, but he wasn't really God. The, the church councils of the fourth century council after council came together to hold together those two very difficult realities, that Jesus is fully God and fully human. And in doing so, they named Mary as Mother of God, Holy Mary, Mother of God. So when we're praying that, we're not just honoring Mary. What the church says essentially is we're affirming both the divinity and the humanity of Jesus which continues to be under attack today. One of the other things that Pope John Paul uh, wrote about in his apostolic discourse when he instituted the Luminous Mysteries was the importance of 
when working with school children to experiment with prayer. Experiment with prayer. Find the, and I quote, when working with school children, experiment. Find different ways to bring life to this prayer. My brother Tom and my sister Gerilyn uh, have been doing just that, and they've come up with what they call the embodied rosary, which is not just powerful for praying for school children, it's also powerful for praying for us adults. If you Google embodied rosary, you can find out more, more about this. But it's using gestures as a way of focusing our meditation in the course of the prayer. Um, uh, in line with what Pope John Paul was encouraging us to do. Um, I, there's so much more that could be said, and again, I want to encourage you to turn into WSFI uh, right here at 88.5 on uh, Saturday evenings at 9 o'clock. Uh, that'll be starting in two weeks, and then again on Sunday mornings, where I'll have a six-week series, and I'll be going through the Luminous Mysteries in much greater detail. Thank you for listening to our program today, and let's conclude as we always do with a prayer and a blessing. Mother Mary, we ask you to protect us, to protect our families, and to continue to spread out your arms uh, to embrace us, your children, that you would bring us ever closer to Jesus. Continue to help us to know and to love your Son, because he is the source of all healing. May Almighty God bless all of our listeners, bless us in our needs physically, emotionally, and spiritually. May we be protected from all evil and come to know Jesus as our Christ and loving Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.